Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Uh, episode 219 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, today is a milestone moment, even though it's not 100% complete. Uh, I probably should have looked at sound on this. Okay, I'm good. Um, it's the first podcast in the new podcast room. Um, I would say it's probably like 80% of the way done. Um, kind of waiting on a couple small details, but overall... Um, pretty good. My main thing today is making sure the sound sounds halfway decent, um, just because we're trying to do a few things with um, acoustics. Uh, but overall, I'm happy with how it turned out. Uh, labor of love. Um, it's kind of cool to actually see this being utilized. And this was uh, a way different looking space two months ago than what it is now. Um, so I'm super excited. Um, so my guest today, again, because we needed a good guest, we needed a great guest to uh, kick things off in the new podcast space. Um Heath Andre, owner of Lake Champlain Sanitation, owner of Adirondack Express Detailing. I think the only time we've actually done a podcast together, you had just gotten out of Chalk Barbell. Yep. And the last time you came to do a podcast, we talked for the length of a podcast and never actually recorded. Not out of mistake. I think we just shot the shit for two hours and just never basically just said screw the podcast. We were talking about some other stuff. Um, so this is really your second ever formally recorded podcast with you with me yes yeah you're, yeah you've done a ton of other stuff but um i don't even know what what it was you're probably like almost got probably 170 80 90 different podcasts to go but i see you obviously way more than what we uh, record on podcasts so since you've come on you're change man in many regards different things in life so give us an update from god that was what probably 2019 yeah it would have to be at least three years ago at this point you might need to be a little louder. There it is. Yeah, there you go. Oh, right. yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so that was at least three years ago at this point. Um, since then, life milestones for myself. Uh, married, uh, son, seven-month-old son, Liam. Um, I don't know if I bought my house then, but own a house now. Uh, that Yeah, probably just was buying it back then. Um, started up uh, the other business, which uh, is Adirondack Express Detailing. That's really new that we can get into and uh, still running Lake Champlain Sanitation, which back then, I believe I was a one-man operation and uh, a lot smaller of a company than I am now. I don't even remember if I had, I'd have to re-listen to the podcast, but I don't know if I'd even left my job completely. I think I was right on the brink. Um, if if I, not, maybe just had left. I think you're right. It was right. Yeah, you're right at that transition stage. Um yeah, so you've done a lot, and I think one of the things that impresses me the most about you over the last, well, three, four years now is you pretty much, and, it, and this is not a slight, this is anything, this is be a, um, a compliment to you, but you've done a lot of this just purely on teaching yourself and just figuring things out. Um, like nobody handed you the playbook to do any of this. Like I feel like you've, you've like a self-made person within the business and just constantly growing and just looking for opportunity and um, kind of just keeping options open and just hustling and making things happen. 
because um, when I again when we first talked, you did chalk, chalk barbell, which was cool, and, and you know that you know really kind of took off, um, you know, kind of in like the local regional area pretty quick, and then you know you kind of just turned around and replicated that success. Um, definitely in Lake Champlain Sanitation, obviously Adirondack Express. Um, that's only what a month or two old. So I mean, that's you know I'm sure we'll see some great growth, but um, how? Kind of from your perspective or from your mind, how has this all happened over four years? Yeah, so Chalked Barbell for me was a passion project. Um, I didn't really know much about business in general at the time. Still don't know a ton, but I'm learning. And uh, that was something my wife and I did just because we like to work out. We tried to sell t-shirts, you know, the run of the mill, let's start a t-shirt company couple that thought we could do something with it. We ended up getting out of the business, um, selling just some of the inventory to my friend. He's still to this day to my knowledge still has the company. Um, he, he doesn't do a ton with it, but he, he still sells some stuff locally. Uh, but it was just not our forte. Uh, I found out very quickly uh, that I was pretty good at service, the service industry. I came from sales, customer service that is. Uh, and if I'm going to sell a product, I like a service to go behind it because I can really tweak the level of service based on what the customer is willing to pay. The hard thing with the shirt business is I did not have my own printing machine. Uh, I did not have, I was not a good website guy. I wasn't really like online savvy. And that's why for us, we were almost, we could not control the quality of the product, if that makes sense, at scale, because we weren't able to scale. We were very small. If we sold five, 10 shirts in a week, that was a huge deal. Um, so that's why we got rid of that uh, company. But how everything else has come to be, uh, Lake Champlain Sanitation started out as just a residential trash company. Uh, and it's grown into a junk removal company. We've done some light demolition of sheds and um, pools and stuff like that, uh, as well as a roll-off dumpster company where we provide large roll-offs to contractors. And just as of late, uh, we moved shops to Tom Miller Road. We used to be located on Spellman Road, which I don't even believe I was there when we had the first podcast. We actually no, no, were running out were. of my house. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was running out of my house, one-man operation. We're now a four-person company. And... Uh, and a lot has changed. And I think, like you said, a lot of it's been trial by fire, a lot of reading, a lot of podcasts I listen to, just talking to you guys, you know, Adam, Jared, and um, Ryan and the group have all been great. And uh, just having those resources has helped me over the last, it's hard to believe it's it's only been about three years since I actually took it serious. The first year and a half was real wishy-washy, even with LCS, it was like, uh, I grew it really quick. Um, because I was able to, uh, I think I said this in the last one, um, buy a couple guys, just like handshake deals. Mm-hmm. But then that went down um, drastically when when I tried to hire someone and they, they wanted to go to another uh, career and I went back to doing it myself. So I went like from really small to big for one person where I thought I needed to hire somebody back to small one person. And then I started on an upwards trajectory, but that wasn't until about the time of that first podcast. Um how have you navigated the growth? Because um, again, I've seen it, um, you know, kind of as a friend, you know, kind of from the outside. But um, like, when do you when do you make the decision of, okay, hey, I'm going to hire someone on? Okay, I've, I'm going. I'm going. Okay, now I'm too big. Now I got to deep because we've, you know, we've got a couple friends that have done that too, where they've gone big and now they've gone back small, and then or they've you know went small and then tried to grow back even fat or even faster or more. But um, what's your initial? What's the metric you look at, at, you know, versus 
I guess just give us your thoughts on that process of like going big, going small, kind of going back and forth on that. Yeah. So realistically, you're only as good as your help or your team. I like to say uh, one person will max out as we all know, uh, as we've all talked about. And what I found in the beginning was I thought I was maxed out when really I was just inefficient. So as I grew as a business person, I learned more efficiencies, which has helped me now grow at a much smaller, it might look big to the outside world or fast, but it's been very slow in my opinion, the last couple of years, because I, I hired before out of fear of, I can't do it all. People say to hire, hire. I didn't have the right customer base at the time. We were spread way too thin. Our routes were not dense. We weren't providing the proper services in the proper locations. The pricing wasn't right. There was a million reasons. And the biggest reason that I had to go back to what I could do alone was because because of that inefficiency, the size of the business we had took four or five days a week to run. I was working my sales job literally to fund the payroll of the business when the payments were late to come in because I didn't have the cash flow and the the route, the, the, the fuel bill was mismanaged. We were spending way too much money on certain things. And then when I went back to just me and that employee went to their career and, and left me alone as just doing it all again, it forced me to say, okay, I only have one day a week because I was a sales guy. You know, sales guys normally get a day off during the week and a Sunday off. Mm-hmm. And then you work the other days. Um, and then I kept building out, okay, before I hire again, I will max out this day. And then what can I do at night? I can do book work at night. Landfills open seven to three. How many stops can I pick up from seven to three in one day without wanting to pull my hair out? Where am I going to have to pick them up as close as I can to the landfill? And then I went from there. And that's how I, that's how I then was able to scale it to two days a week, work three days at my job, three days a week, work two days at my job, eventually not work at my job at all and have three full days of routes, four full days of routes. Now I need a driver because the routes are too big for just me. And it was just step after step. And what I like to do is audit myself every six months. That's like a big thing for me now. If like I I audit our website, make sure, okay, do we got to update pictures? Do we still have that piece of equipment? Because things have changed a lot. Um, And just audit where I am every six months to see where are we going to go in the next six months? And I guess that's a good time frame for me, at least at the size I am, because if you take six months to the next six months, we have made big six months jumps, which has only been like four to six versions of that since I was alone by myself. If that makes sense a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think well, a couple of things you jumped out, you know, the, the efficiency part is something I've, you know, I, I think that's become more apparent recently and i think you and i were the same and i think when you when you get in the business you know depending on the ambition of the person so i would say you and i are both more on the ambitious side than just sit back and do nothing so i would say that we both have our ambitions as to what we want to do well we can run very fast we can do a lot of stuff very fast and then you realize that because of the ability to run fast and because of your ability to produce at a high level um, like you can put in long hours, but those long hours are also productive hours. It's not just I'm working for the sake of working. Like you're actually building something. At a certain point, the growth gets unmanageable and it gets unmanageable, like you said, as a one person team. And I think knowing you when you started out, you were very much fast. Like, let me just go, let me grow, let me get this thing going. And I, I would say you, 
it's it's tough to say because you're moving fast. So some people say like I got to have it done right now. And I think if people really looked at you back then, they would probably say you weren't patient enough. And I don't think that's I don't think that that's true. I think that patience is a long term game. And I think day to day you have to move quick because day to day you can't just be patient every day. It's like okay, day to day I'm I'm going like hundred percent. But my expectation level is all this work's going to pay off over years, not over a day or a week or whatever. So I think that you did a really good job at that. And I would say even right now, the patience part is starting to show more in your business than someone may have said two years ago because they saw you going 100% day in, day out. But you were doing that because you were the only person. And then once you, you know, the growth comes... You do have to pause and, and certain things in life cause you to pause, you know, having a child, getting married, you know, that's kind of stuff makes you pause. And then eventually you're, you're like, and at least for me, I looked at stuff and said, okay, I know at a certain point I have to go hundred percent right now for certain things in life. Again, family's expanded since. So this is pre, um, well, I think I might've had one child at the time, but pre, um, three kids and, and pre a lot of stuff was I knew I like had the sprint because of lifestyle was that clock was ticking for that stage of my life from there the next thing I looked at was like okay I know I'm going to break stuff I'm going to go too quick I'm going to grow I'm going to have and I'm almost going to go downhill like skiing downhill too quickly not be able to stop and I'm going to crash but my goal was before I crashed where it was detrimental I wanted to be able to like step out slightly and then go back in fix some stuff and basically the reason is try to give myself enough leverage enough um you know leverage whether it be people technology money whatever that could be where i could afford to go back in and try to do some stuff um to fix the stuff i broke and basically it's like you said do an audit what's inefficient how can it be more efficient um and then try to build off that so i think we're very similar in some regards. I think your efficiency level, I think you were able to dip into it quicker than I was. I've spent the last 18 months in this and we're to the point where we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, and I'll talk about that more after, but do you find that that, you know, going back in, fixing the efficiencies that your potential growth has a greater foundation now and do you think that the foundation that you're building now or the efficiencies that you're building up now, is that going to allow for you to grow the way you want to grow? Or is this kind of like, hey, I just want to be efficient, but I want to stay the same size? Yeah, so that I, I play that back and forth with my wife and, and my father every every week. Um, how, how big do we want to grow? We're not big by any means, but we're big enough to where the business can provide me a, a nice lifestyle. I do have a couple people in place now that handle physical work and I can focus on the day-to-day like efficiencies like we said but part of me has that fire that wants to just go to the moon right Mm -hmm. and definitely I would say the last audit I did was about three months ago and I try to do it at the end of the year middle of the year you know Mm -hmm. depending on where we're at um and I I looked at what what like we have goals revenue wise and stuff and and to get to that next mark there is going to be that slightly going down the mountain to go back up that steeper cliff. Um, someone was at my wedding, a local business guy, and uh, he told me that. He's like, uh, you're standing on a little mountain, and then you look across to the to the higher mountain, and you might, you're like, man, that would be nice to go there. Well, you have to go down into the valley to get to the next mountain. And yeah, I, like that. I am really, ever since he said that to me, that's what, that was, been married about three years now, that is in my head some days or some weeks when I'm like, man, we're going down, but you need to, to go up. So that being said, uh, 
from a growth standpoint, I'm feeling like we got some big stuff in the pipe. Like I, I, I got some good ideas that I think can work. Our new building is, is really efficient, really nice to be located where we are. It's a, it's a really strategic advantage based on where we were before. It's, it's a lot more uh, efficient and less miles on the trucks and our mobilization cost is different. So like all those things play in to my brain. Um, but again, home life's good. You know, my wife and I always say like, if, if it's going to affect us on Saturday and Sunday, we're not going to do it. Like we're really like weekends off type of people. I rarely work till even five o'clock. I go in early, but I won't, I won't stay at the office later than four 30. I'll get there at six, but, and, and our growth now in my mind is all going to be structured around leverage of people financially as well, if we need to, but how can I remove myself from doing X? And I know you talk about that a lot. Um, you, you guys all do, uh, whether you're a one, one, two person team or a 20 person team is, should I be doing this right now? And, uh, and I attribute that really to you guys and, and podcast is where I learned that that was all self-taught. No one except for you guys ever talked about that with me, not even some larger business owners that have been in business 30, 40 years. They're still like push, 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 push with themselves. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the things I, I started to do last year, uh, for the, really for the first time at the, le- at the extent that I did was I started to read more and I started to educate myself more and I started to, um, with the idea that efficiency was really, if I had to pick like a theme of 2022 for me personally, it was efficiency. Um, and it wasn't like I was efficient throughout the whole year. I was learning efficiencies and I was trying to, um, someone called it like a J, like a J hook or whatever you kind of, that kind of swing down or J growth. Like you go down to go up and I've heard, um, kind of like a guy I follow that I consider like a mentor who I really don't know, but, um, said if you're jumping on a trampoline, the only way you can go up is by going down. And I've always looked at that. Same, same as you said, to go down the valley, to go to the peak. Um, so I really looked at 2022 as, okay, efficiencies. I could see weaknesses and I could see stuff and everything kept coming back to, Hey, when you have too much on your plate, don't work harder. Don't just try to burn yourself on both ends to try to make it happen. Prioritize and work smarter. And the idea is with prioritization is that when we have a million things going on, a million things aren't important. You know, there's some things that are important. So it's like, okay, what's important? And you got to f- define importance in the grand scheme of what you're trying to do is, you know, is podcasting important for me in the grand scheme of what I'm trying to do? The answer is no with what I was trying to do. I had some other strategic reasons why I still wanted to do podcasting, and I did. I didn't stop doing podcasting, but I stopped doing my real estate podcast because I just didn't have the time. And that's something I'm going to build and have come back actually with a better when I get to it. Uh, but right now, that's on the back burner for some other stuff. So when you really start looking at everything, and I – at the beginning of 2022, I audited my calendar. I literally laid out my calendar and I went through, a few, you know, I'd, I'd say that a couple months just quickly going through. Was there anything in there that didn't serve my goal? So there was some stuff I, I, I just flat out cut out. I, I quit a, a group. I resigned from a board. I did some stuff that just wasn't adding value to what I needed to prioritize. And then I also looked at in the, in, you know, in that scheme of like, okay. I'm not going to go out and meet as many people right now. I'm not going to go out. I'm basically going to be a hermit for about a year and I'm probably going to piss some people off and rub some, uh, you know, rubs people the wrong way because I'm not going to be as available or as, you know, there. But I know in the grand scheme of things, I have to take this pause and step back. And because I was looking for efficiencies and efficiency doesn't mean don't see people. It's just in my 
realm, I had to prioritize stuff. So I'm like, what's what's priority? Well, priority for me is, and I did it this morning, I'm still doing it, is sitting in a desk with my door closed, staring at spreadsheets, documents, notes, computer, whatever it might be, and thinking and thinking and thinking. And it's basically been this long, uh, like, word problem or whatever, long, like, uh, um, just just like a long problem I've had to work through. Um and you're tired and it's just like, you know, your just mind's mush by the end of the day. But I know that it's building out leverage and efficiencies and things that is going to allow me to kind of build that structure to go to the next level. So, and even yesterday I saw this, I should have sent it to you. I sent it to Jared. I was on social media. This person's asked this, this guy who's a high level person, like, how does this, how do you get everything done? Because you have all these things, you have a million things going on. Like I have a hard enough time getting my stuff done, whether you now he's obviously got people that work at his company now, but what he said, he goes that every day at night before the next day, kind of planning out my next day, I look at everything I have to do and I prioritize, you know, the one, two, three things that I can really do that only I can do. And then he goes, I'll get on loom, which is like, People that don't know what Loom is, is basically you record videos and can send it out for like training purposes. I'll just do a couple of Loom videos on stuff and I'll send it to the people that I want and say, this is, I have to get this done. I don't have time to get it done, but this is how to do it. Here's a quick video. Can you just take the time to do it? And I looked at that as one of my issues is even though I'm efficient, even though I kind of move some stuff around internally to free up like Jen for me as being like a hundred percent, you know, Gail, like me and Jen basically have the same job description, just a matter of who takes what. That's how I wanted to build it out. But I even got to the point where I'm like, I have to be more proactive of de- delegating stuff quicker. So like I even took away that like just a quick uh, loom recording, but do it all the time. Like, okay, I need this loom, do it. Doom. And because she's more than capable of doing it, but I just got to get it out of my head and let someone else do it. That's the efficiencies. I've been looking at systems and eventually that will translate into people, um, more people, I should say. And then I've been looking a lot at just like technology, but I think ultimately what it starts out because technology and people help you do it. And those are important. I think ultimately what I found is that you have to basically, it's just planning. You have to sit down. You don't need technology. You don't need a person. You have to sit down, write down all your goals, your priorities and everything, list out every step that you have to do. And then start from the most high level, biggest impact thing that you can do all the little action items underneath and then work from there. And, and, you know, I, I'll kind of come back to that, but, um, I've been able to do that a lot over the last four, five, six months. And we've made more progress in the last four five, six months than I probably ever have in a time period. Most people can't see, I mean, the building was obviously one of them, but, um, but I was just talking to Jen today, like how the hell did we were able to do what we did with everything else going on in that amount of time it was like, we literally punted everything. Like we prioritized. this is the only thing we're doing. I pushed everything I'm doing now. I mean, cold turkey stopped what I was doing all in the fall. And we literally just picked it up in the last, I would say, week or so. And now we're to the point where we're just like steamrolling through that. I'm like, holy shit, that's going to be done quicker than we ever anticipated. But it's because we're prioritizing and just putting 100% focus in that and just executing on it. Um, and I'll go into a couple other tactics on that. But um, what's the biggest thing that you found, um, let, let's call it efficiency-wise, that you know things that jumped out or things that were like, or even just the process of it, like where it started to where it is now and kind of your journey of that efficiency taking place. Uh, I would say similar to what you said, I, I want to do it um, at night before the next day, but during the day I would think, what am I doing right now that I don't need to do? Um, something that we talked about before was like delivering garbage cans. Unless it absolutely has to be delivered, 
I sub that out to Tyler after his route. He has an extra hour now after every single route because of where we're located. It's just a lot faster and, and easier. So he'll he'll go pick up a garbage can. You know, if it needs to be sanitized, sanitize it, uh, bring it out. Putting things on him, I would I would ultimately my goal. I, I guess nothing has completely changed like 180 from what I've been doing in the last couple of years. I'm still involved in the day to day a lot. The difference is when I used to run the truck, I was running the truck, like running the truck, coming back, doing the book work when I was small enough to like do Like sitting something. in the truck like, driving. Like sitting, driving the truck, physically doing the garbage uh, dumps, uh, physically dropping the dumpsters off. Like I had one point where I was taking care of all the customers, which we had half the amount of customers that we do now. And uh, I was delivering the, gar- the roll-offs with the trailer before I got the truck version. Um, and I was doing all the billing. I was doing it all at one point. And, uh, I was like, man, this is, this is great. No overhead expense. And I was, you know, netting X amount and I'm like, this is great. Well, now I work half as hard and we'll net a lot more because I'm properly leveraging. And I think it's trust. Big thing for me was trust. I mean, the equipment we run is very expensive, even in the detail shop, you know, you're working on 40, 50, $60,000 vehicles, uh, not really working on them, but you're cleaning them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you just got to trust, like you said, almost plan is a good word. How is it going to be done? For example, the routes that we do, I built them all. And then we just put the people in. Another thing was not taking people outside of our service area and saying no. Said a lot of no's in 2022, uh, more than I ever have. And it made it easier, though, because the driver's already driving by. So all you got to do is say, okay, now that that house in between those two houses, you got to pick them up too. Okay, easy. He doesn't have to learn a new road or a new town or whatever. So on the garbage end, that's that. The detailing end has actually grown fast, way faster than when I started the garbage through strictly just trusting my father, trusting Kyle. Okay, guys, yep, you got to clean this vehicle. Then I'll do a five-minute spot check. Like, I just let them loose on it. This like this is what needs to be done. You got to clean the windows. You got to wash it, obviously. Hit the wheels with the tire shine. Vacuum it out. Wipe all the surfaces down. Steam this. Tell them that. If it comes out 80-90% of what I could do and they do it in the same time or less than I would do because maybe I'm over anal sometimes, mm-hmm. Yep. perfect, right? So just trust is a big one when you're delegating. Um, but if you plan out what you want them to do and then you just reinforce that plan, I find it's better to just let them ride a little bit, give them some leeway. Mm-hmm. And if they mess up, you just correct the mistake without blowing up and then you just try to have them not make that mistake again and then just build their confidence because I'm learning about people. We're going off on a tangent here, but like I was so Heath is the best at the garbage. Like he has to be the one you guys know. I was like that for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm like, no one's going to pick it up like me. It's like, no, you need to give them enough freedom to pick it up efficiently and effectively long enough. So it becomes a habit. And then when they come to work, they know what they're doing. And it's not stressful for them because you're giving, you're not like right on them all the time. So that, that was hard for me, very hard still for me to let go. Like my next hire, I, I'm in between, do we hire another, uh, laborer to, to physically be in the field or do I hire an admin hire? I'm, I'm, I got to make that decision by summer because that's, that's the next goal. Um, but, and then I'll have to teach them, uh, things that I've never showed anybody, you know, they're going to see the numbers of the business. They're going to see things that no one else has ever seen before. So that'll take a lot of trust. To, <laughs> to yeah. Do and, that. Um, and I mean, one of the things I go back to, and I, I kind of had a lot and I've, I've tried, um, and I, I don't do this as regular as I should, but it's something I did ask myself a few times last year on certain things. And I got this from uh, Tim Ferriss. So I'm a big 
Tim Ferriss is like, you know, one of those like efficiency, like nerd kind of guys, um, four hour work week all, for all the four hour chef, all that stuff. And one of the things that he came up with, and I don't know if it was him or he quoted somebody, but he said, what would this look like if it was easy? And I've gone back to that a lot where we a lot of times overthink stuff and because we're so deep in the weeds and we're almost like our, we're almost so deep in the weeds that we just can't lift our head up and see like what's right in front of us. So a lot of times I've gone to, you know, what could this be like if it was easy? And typically it kind of makes you pause a little bit and you're like, okay, well, if I had to hire someone for the books, like what could that look like? Is it easy? Do you actually need someone for the books? Could you hire someone with a booking service that could come in part-time and do it? Cause it's not a full-time gig. And then you could save on obviously different employment costs. And then, so you start going like that. Is there a way that we can work around it? Where like, and I do this, like we got to hire someone I'm like, well, do we have to hire someone or can we leverage it through technology? Can we leverage it through some kind of virtual assistant service? Can we leverage it now through a, some kind of AI service? Can we leverage, I mean, you're looking at what's the, what's the best ROI and what's going to get the job done. And, you know, do we need the personal touch on that or could that be outsourced to someone? And we could save a lot of time, effort, energy, and money on it. Um, by not actually having it in house. And that could just be, you know, so you kind of look around and try to factor that all in. So that's always something like I keep coming back to is like, what would this look like if it's easy? What would, like if you're really trying to think through a problem, um, the other thing that I've looked at and I have, I've just bought his book. I haven't read it, but I've listened to a couple of his webinars and podcasts. His name is Rory Vaden, uh, V-A-D-E-N, um, R-O-R-Y-V-A-D-E-N. Um, and one of the, the things he talks about is like procrastinating on purpose. And the biggest thing I got from him, he has a really good, um, I think it's a Ted talk that he did. And I don't quote me on that, but if you type it in, um, I'm sure it's one of the first videos that come up under his name on YouTube. He calls it the focusing funnel. And, uh, you know, I'm excited here, Heath, cause we're going to, so also in the podcast room, I have, we have a TV now, so this means nothing to anybody listening. Um, uh, but this means a lot to the guests that are here because now I can bring stuff up and we can discuss it, um, without me just trying to sit there and. Is this ice road truckers? Uh, ice road. Tr- I'm a big fan, <laughs> big fan of the ice road truckers. Um, I, I believe, do you know the singer? I could be wrong on this. Um, the singer jewel, 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 like the country singer, country singer. Yeah. No, I've heard the name. Um, I think this is her family. Really? Yeah. It's like a weird thing. She's from, I believe she's from Alaska. Um, I hope somebody can, uh, can wow. fact check me on that one. Oh, this is probably why. See, we're we're learning here. Um, I have the same TV, just larger at my house. I I think we do too. Yeah, this isn't my every day. I think the remote can get you. To, are you going to YouTube? No, I'm trying to mirror this thing. Oh, oh, I don't want AirPlay. Are you kidding me? That's fine. Okay, you can see it. Good. Okay, okay, folks, we're in bit. This is this is a great day. Great day because today we're running everything. <laughs> we're running by uh, Heath is just. Um, also efficiency, my inbox is paused. This is, this, is, this is a hack for anybody, but here, this is Rory Vaden. It's called the focusing funnel. Um, and the only reason I want to bring it up is because Heath can now look at it. But the idea behind this is that if you, if you take anything, he goes, okay. And, and I got this from Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss. And I don't know who came up with this or coined this, but, um, ideally it's a funnel. So think of everything you need to do. We talked about prioritizing. If you wrote down, take out a spreadsheet. Um, I do this on like a Google doc. Um, and you just type in all the grids, every, like in a Excel file kind of thing, every single task you have to do. So big, break it down to small steps, whatever it is, you just list every single thing out. That's all your tasks. 
Your first step in all of this on the focusing funnel is your first step is to eliminate what does not need to be done. What is something that you do? What's something that you have on your to-do list that arguably is not needed? You do it for the, maybe because it's an old habit, maybe because it's the quote unquote, the way we've always done it, but it's not something that needs to be done. First step is to go through and eliminate every single thing because that's the easiest way to uh, prioritize is to eliminate stuff you don't need to do. The second thing to do is, and he calls this back buying back time, is then you need to automate as much as you can. And automation doesn't necessarily mean you snap your fingers and it happens. Automation means that you take that task, you take something and then say, can I build out some type of automation? And the automation usually deals with technology, usually deals with some kind of thing that you might have to put work up front in building it out, but it's going to buy you back long-term uh, or buy you back time in the long-term. So perfect example, if you have something that takes you an hour or a week to do, and maybe building out a system takes you 30 hours, okay, well, if you go for a full year, you just bought 22 hours back of your time, 52 minus 30. I want to give a plug here to uh, my buddy, Peter Adams, buddy as well. Prime example oh. of this. Mm -hmm. Um, with his, with the text, uh, software that I use is when there used to be a holiday, right? I would physically copy and paste text, like 300 texts because I didn't want to go via email because I was like, it's just not gonna, I could have blasted an email, but I'm like, if people don't see that, everybody sees a text, right? We, we put everybody into the CRM. We now have like a thousand phone numbers in there and I can select who I want just with a click of a button, filter through by tag. Boom, send 700 messages at one shot. Hey, here's the holiday. Um, and what used to take me hours takes me like 10 seconds now. Yeah, so so what a lot of stuff we're building right now, like I said, I'm in the room with the door shut working on projects. It's that. It's automation, some text, some email, some just internal systems. Uh, but the idea is you're automating it. So you you put time up front. It, you, know, you put some brain power. You take some physical time and energy. But it's going to, like you just said, that bought you back hours every holiday, which at the end of the year could equate to days of, of increased um, uh, you know, time back to yourself. So step one, eliminate. Step two, automate. Step three is delegate. So this is can someone do it 80% as well as you can? And then, like I said, there's a training factor there. He calls it the 30X rule. If something takes you an hour to do, it's going to take you 30 hours to train someone to do that hour job, but it's worth training and getting that off your plate. Um, so eliminate, automate, delegate. And the last thing you can do, the last thing on the thing is do. So eliminate, automate, delegate, do. Do means you physically do the work. And at the very bottom of this funnel, again, it's called the focus funnel. It says concentrate now or procrastinate later. So this comes down to, okay, I can't eliminate, I can't automate, and I can't delegate this. So now it's on my list. So now maybe I've broken that, let's say 100 items down to 45 items. You can't do 45 items. What's the one or two things you could probably get done? And basically, what's the one thing you can get done? And then what's backup and what's the third backup? Everything else just gets pushed to the side and you have to be okay with not getting it done, which is hard. And that's something I'm learning to do is you have to be okay with it not getting done. And the bigger issues, you have to you have to be okay, and in what they call embrace chaos. Like things are going to be crazy, things are going to get out of whack, things are going to get out of balance, and you're going to be stressed out and anxiety and all this stuff because that's not getting done. Because but but you got to trust the process, and this is something that I'm slowly learning about it. That yes, things are going to go kind of chaotic. You're going to let some things fall and break and everything else. But if you're truly focusing on the big priority tasks that are going to make the big difference. Eventually, those things will come closer to now, hey, I have time to do them. And at that point, you may not even have to do them anymore. But now you're working on stuff maybe to grow off of what you've already done. So the focus funnel, I go through this. I mean, like I said, I literally keep this down here. 
and I have it in a lot of the stuff that I look at. It's like, okay, eliminate, automate, delegate, do. And then I just run through this cycle and it's just, you go through every single task and I find um, it's made me way more efficient. But again, you embrace chaos, you break some stuff, some things fall through the cracks, you kind of run into some minor problems, but you have to know that you're making the big sacrifice. You're making all these little sacrifices for that big term gain or big time, long-term gain. I think the biggest thing too, and because you brought this up, I'm going to bring it up. Um, just having a visual, having it written down, uh, how important do you think, I know for me, it's very important to constantly check myself with things like this, whether it be, I listen to the same podcast a couple times, how, like for someone starting out, I'm going to flip this on you for someone starting out. How important do you think it is to educate early and then re, uh, revisit, like you said, you keep this ready to go on your MacBook ready to go mm-hmm. to open it up if you like are getting lost in the weeds a little bit. How important do you think that is and how, and do you think people do you, do you think people just go try to go hard as hard as they can without really educating themselves first? The the average business person getting into business? I think the hard part with that is you don't know what you don't know and I think that if you would have told this is my I don't know. I think this is my 13th year doing real estate. I was 20 years old when I started. Arguably right now, I'm having a hard time thinking back to what I was even doing my first or second year in business. Um, I have moments that I remember stuff, but some of the stuff is so foreign to me, even though it really wasn't that long ago. Um, None of this would have made sense to me. Not that it wouldn't have made sense. I would have I, it's kind of like rereading a book. I've reread a bunch of books. I'm really big into the one thing now. I've read the one thing five years ago. But it didn't speak to me as much as it did now because my priorities, I didn't have as much on my plate. And what was on my plate, what my highest priority tasks were at the time was selling real estate. And I got really good at it. I got really good at it because that was the only thing I focused on. And then because of that, you know, growth and success there, then all these other doors and activities and things opened up. And now it's like, okay, now you're relearning things that don't come easy. And real selling real estate didn't come easy to me. It's just that was my focus and I got good at it. Now I'm dealing with other things that don't come easy to me. And now I'm putting focus on that to deal with it. But on the same token, I, I'm not losing the knowledge of real estate. So I'm hoping, you know, a year or two years from now, I can look at some stuff that I'm struggling through right now that eventually that will be like, you know, automated clockwork kind of, no, I don't have to think about it. But now I'm working on bigger, bigger problems that are, you know, you kind of grow into them. Um, so I think the answer to your question, if you're starting out, you need context and you need experience and you need to like, you know, you kind of have to like take a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk. You have to like taste it. You have to like understand. You have to cut your teeth. You have to make mistakes. You have to, um, you have to get the context and perspective before you could dive into something to fix that. Um, I think if you just went in, I th- I think it's kind of like, um, like if you were to go in and play, like I like golf and I know it's something you're starting to get into. It's like, if you went in and said, Hey, I'm going to watch videos and read books and do everything I can on golf. And I'm going to go stand on the first team and be good at golf. It's like, well, no, you got to realize, like, you got to feel the swing. You got to feel the bad shots and the good shots. Um, and eventually, as you're doing it more, then you might hear, like, some advice or a tip or just some small thing of knowledge where now it applies to you and you're, you've are you basically put yourself in a position to hear it where sometimes, like, some of this stuff, awesome information. If someone showed me this year one, I've been like, uh, okay, like, whatever. You know right, what I mean? Because right. it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. But I've had so many, you know good, bad, ugly growth things in my life to figure this out that now I'm like, okay, this really, I can understand this at a very deep level. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is a 2d image on a screen. I can see this in 
however many layers deep um, on, you know, psychological, emotional, physical, like all this stuff can dive into this, but you feel it in a different way. So I think you have to try. I think you four years ago, the stuff you're talking about now was not even on your brain when you started talking about doing garbage. You're like, okay, do I need, like, what kind of truck do I get? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's your basic question. Now it's like, okay, how do I do the books? How do I leverage my markets? How, like, you start, it's like anything else. You were doing, like, garbage 101, and now you're an advanced calculus of garbage. You know, and that's really, but you, but it took you, you had to hit each step to get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with the growth of business, like any business. I love talking to people about it because it's just so dynamic. And I think one thing, I guess I wasn't trying to, yeah, I don't want to deter someone from educating themselves in the beginning. I would just deter them from quitting too fast because don't get into business just to make money. Like it's, it's kind of a fun game. I mean, it's a scary game as we all know, you know, it's a scary game at times, but uh, I feel like just just from talking to some people on uh, locally and on, on the YouTube channel and stuff, like some people get in and think it's going to be really easy and, and really quick. And I guess, I guess where I was going by asking you that is, is do people not educate themselves on what a business owner actually does versus I'm an entrepreneur. I run my own life. I guess that's the kind of question I was asking, because if I would have read some of this, be it that I wouldn't have really understood it to the level I do now, I probably would have felt a little better in the times that I was ready to quit. I think, like I'll put it in perspective, I my dad has been selling real estate longer than I've been alive. So it's him being in the real estate, and he also did seal coding years ago too. He had two jobs when he first started, was running both of them. Doing, and he ran the seal coding with his um, his brothers, but um, he was doing a lot of. Uh, you know, he didn't. He wasn't really an employee of anybody. He was doing. It, he was figuring it all out and. When I got into real estate, I knew nothing and I lived with someone that did it. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I just had this, uh, now granted, I, I don't think I ever really wanted to learn it until I got older. So like, I'm sure if I was 13 and asked him about it, he'd be like, sure, like come ride it around for a day and figure this stuff out with me and talk to me about it. Um, that was not, not anything I chose to do. Um, but I think most people that get into business, I don't think you can really understand it because the context is different. So like, I mean, I kind of joke, like when our, you guys start talking about like your garbage trucks and goosenecks and all this stuff, like I'm looking, I'm like, can you bring it up on the screen? I'm like, okay, I've seen that before, but I don't know the terminology. It's not that I don't understand it. I just don't know the terminology. And it's the same, like if I started talking about, again, we'll go to golf. If I start talking about certain things with a club, you're like, you know, I don't play golf. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But yeah, I'm talking to someone that plays golf. Like we're in a deep conversation because we know all the, you know, we know that basic level of knowledge to kind of buy into the conversation. Um, I think people getting in though, I think this goes with anything. If you're getting in the business, you have to find a mentor. And if you're just getting in and this was shame on me when I was younger, like I should have asked more questions. I should have been a little more proactive um, with trying to learn. I learned from my dad, but I also didn't take it upon myself to really go out and grow like I would now. Um, but I think what you don't necessarily need Someone in the field you're in is is awesome because they have the context. I think, though, there's so many similarities and basic principles of business that talking to anybody that runs business, like you talk about the efficiencies of your routes. I don't, I'm not, I'm not in the garbage truck picking up garbage on a route. I understand, though, the idea of saturating, a, whether that's a market, saturating an area, saturating what we call like farming an area. It's like, okay, if I can just saturate, 
Um, I did this with a couple of our things within the last few months of like some marketing things we're doing. Like, why are we marketing to a geography that's all of Clinton County? Why don't we mark it down? Where's Where's the sales? Where's the most sales? What's the price point of the sales? Let me get smarter with that. Let me eliminate some spots that even though, yes, I wouldn't mind selling a house there. I'd rather put more, I'd rather kind of the 80, 20 principle. I'd rather put most of my effort in this 20% of the area. That's bringing me 80% of my results and doubling down on that. Also, because it's a 15 uh, minute closer drive both ways. So now I've just saved a half hour in drive time. Now I have times where instead of pushing someone out till tomorrow evening, I can like, actually, you know what? I can swing by before my way home tonight. Cause it's kind of on my route home. There was an efficiency of time and which is the same as what you're saying with garbage, but it's in the context of real estate. But mm-hmm. I can take that idea of the efficiency scale. So I think if you talk to anybody in business, there's a lot of things that are in common. You just have to take out the gen- the underlying principle and apply it to your business. And you can do yeah. that with anybody. You can take any successful person or some, or experienced person, and you can figure that stuff out. I've been really fortunate over the last couple of months. I uh, kind of fell into it with my my new landlord, um, very successful businessman locally. And uh, we, we've had lunch. We've met a couple of times. And, and uh, educating myself at a much faster pace with things – bigger things that he deals with, you know, he's a whatever 20 person company. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find someone like that, say, say, say you're just starting out and you find someone that has two or three employees and then you level up a little and you find someone with seven, eight employees and talking to him now, I think about my, I, I want to say problems, but I just think about my numbers. I think about my day to day. And then I talk about his, like him with his stuff. And I'm like, wow, it's like, <laughs> there's a lot of different levels to this shit. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, and that's something I, I try to focus on is like my problems are bigger and they feel my problems are, I don't even say they're bigger and I won't even say they're more stressful. They're bigger and stressful to me now. But if you would ask me three to four years ago, I never would have had those problems. But the right. problems I had then and there were big and stressful to me at the time. Now I look at problems that I had years ago compared to what I have now. And I'm like, why was I complaining about anything? That was like so easy, but I didn't have the context. I didn't understand the knowledge and I had to learn and experience that for that to become not a big deal. And now same thing. I'm hoping in a couple of years from now, I'll be looking back here and be like, oh, you had it so easy. But now the problem I'm doing is not on the same one-to-one scale. It might be like maybe now my scale is a one to two, one to three scale. Maybe that's a one to five scale. You know what I mean? In the sense, my input versus my effectiveness on the output. Um, or when I starting out was one-to-one, it was like, I got to figure out this small problem. But, um, and again, you need, you need to experience that and have the context. And I don't know a way to speed it up Mm -hmm. because that's the hard part. Like you can't, it's time. So you can't speed up the, like you riding in the truck, you had to sit there in a truck for hours and do the job and run it and run it and run it. And then eventually like your first few times, you're like, Oh God, okay. I hit this lever. Okay. Now I'm just, I'm not even worrying about where my hands are are or what I'm trying to do or the order I do it in. Now it's like, hmm, actually, I keep doing it this way. What happens if I tweak this small thing? Oh, wow, I just became 10% more efficient. And that spins through your brain all the time on different things throughout your company. And then eventually you get to the point where like, well, I could just eliminate it altogether because now I found this cool thing, just like you said, the texting thing now that now I don't have to text people. Mm -hmm. I'm still getting it done, but now I just save myself hours. So now I have my weekends or my evenings back. And now in the same time, I'm making YouTube videos that now can reach thousands of people. That's right. So another little nugget that I heard, which was a good one before we get off the topic was whenever, whenever you're worried, you know, you're all worked up. A a guy locally taught me an auctioneer guy. He goes, uh, other than death, every single problem on earth, other than death can be solved 
with money or time. Yeah. It's either money or time. Yeah, I agree. So in my, my thing, okay, well, I can't, uh, I don't have the money to hire someone. So how am I going to solve that problem? I'm going to put more time in, in the truck myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have any time to run the business. What am I? Okay. I'm going to implement the money that I made in the truck to now hire someone. It's like, once he told me, he told me that like five years ago, I still think about that every single day when a problem comes up. Well, even if you can't fix the problem, mm-hmm. you have time to research the problem or, yeah. the, or the solution. Or you can't fix it today, but in a week, could it be fixed? Yep. Okay. Time. You know, I think, um, you know, I've, one of the things I got, re- I got really big into last year, um, and I read a lot about it and I, you know, I follow it a lot. Um, it was like stoicism, like the idea of like the stoics and philosophy and, uh, I'm a massive fan of Ryan Holiday. He's um, Holiday. That's who it was. I was like, yeah. who is the guy? Okay, R- yeah. Ryan Holiday is incredible, and he's a younger guy. He's probably, I would say, he's maybe late 30s right now. He's been doing, um, kind of taking this, which is crazy, this thousand year old idea, um, you know, with people like Aristotle and Seneca and, and Marcus Aurelius and, and uh, Cato and all these people that have been in the, in throughout history, these philosophers that have just practiced. Um, like you hear stoicism, but stoicism is, is I'm going to butcher how to describe it. But basically the idea that you do stuff with like a good moral compass and you do things, you know, trying to be the best you can be and, and you know, accountability and just kind of taking ownership. And um, a lot of things that you see even the high level people do right now, um, like like a Jacko Willink, like big on accountability, like that's yeah, a very stoic. He does a lot of stoic philosophy, even though he may not be preaching stoicism, but um, so Ryan Holiday, I get a lot of good information from him, but one of the things that, you know, he, the daily stoic, right? The daily stoic. Okay. Um, I have a, a lot of his books. Um, one of the best things I get, it's, you can sign up for the daily stoic daily email Monday through Friday, his daily dad. I don't, I think I sent it to you. If you don't sign up, sign up for it. It's an email he sends every single day. It takes all of about a minute to read. Um, and it's, if you're a parent, um, it, it's, it's called Daily Dad. If you're a mom, you can read it. It all applies. Um, it's basically for parents. It's fantastic, and it puts things in perspective, and it really just kind of grounds you from like, okay, you're worried about you know some minor problem that's kind of a headache at work. Well, it's different than like you know because really at the end of the day, if you found out like today you had a terminal illness or someone you know God forbid passed away that's very close to you, all your other problems shrink. They're gone. Yeah, you don't even think about them. So 100%. you got to put it in the context of most of our shit that we deal with day to day is a, is really irrelevant. It's not a top priority. Um, we might in the context of like everything else in life is good. Like I'm lucky. I have my kids are healthy. I have a great relationship with my wife. I have good friends. Like that stuff's good. Cause that's the stuff that can really eat at you in, you know, on the grand scale. So most of the stuff I'm freed up a lot to come to work. Now I will stress and be like any person with anxiety at work day to day, but I'm also able to, you know, try and I try, I'm not perfect, but try to put it in context of like, this is really not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill or anthill, you know, whatever that term is. Um, but I think the idea of the stoic philosophy is just realize that you are in full control. And I think what it comes down to is don't kill yourself to work hard, like take it easy. Cause at the end of the day, and this is one of the books I read last year was uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, which is one of my all-time favorite books now. He says throughout the book, it's very repetitive, but it's because he wrote this. This was like his journaling to himself. Well, he wrote this over, not like in one sitting. He wrote this over years. So he just kept repeating a lot of the same stuff because it kept coming back up. And basically, he's like, where is Alexander the Great? And where's the guy that like fed his mule? They're both dead underground. 
Like, and that he put it in perspective, like no matter what you do, you're going to die and you're going to be in the same thing as everybody else in history. Take the most famous person in all of history. They're dead. And he goes, and half the thing is you're only a few generations away from not even people remembering your name. Like you'd be, I mean, 10,000 years ago, there was humans on the earth. We don't know their names and they could have been the Elon Musk of that day. They're dead now. You know, we don't even know them. Eventually someone like Leonardo da Vinci and Ben Franklin and, and Steve Jobs, you, people won't even know who those people are anymore. But they had such a massive impact. So that's kind of what the idea is. Like, don't don't over inflate stuff, but really like be at centered and at peace and just do the best you can and like enjoy life and enjoy your friends and family and loved ones and stuff. Because really at the end of the day, life's short and you're dead. I know it's a very morbid thing to say, but if you look at it like that, which is ultimately what's gonna happen, and you bring it all back, everything you do today really doesn't matter um, on the small scale. Like this podcast doesn't matter on the grand scheme. It might be cool. We, we do it. It's fun. I get some ideas. You get some ideas. Some people listen. Maybe they get some ideas or at least entertained. But uh, at the end of the day, like you going home and spending time with your wife and son today is way more important than anything you do all day. A hundred percent. I think that's why, that's why I at least selfishly want to grow the company as big as I can. Uh, whether that means anything for our personal lifestyle, it's just to me, it's like, why not, right? And I talked to my wife about it. She goes, well, as long as it doesn't affect our home life, that's, my, that's her caveat. And, mm -hmm. you know, home life's good. Date yes. night every Wednesday. Yeah, awesome. Fridays, we're off. Or you guys travel Fridays. on Saturdays a lot? Saturday and Sundays, we'll go to a brewery. We'll, we'll go out to breakfast, go out to lunch, whatever. Um, and, and that's one thing that, I mean, I don't know who's going to listen to this one, but... Uh, one, one thing I do want to say, because I'm, although I do the YouTube stuff, I'm very private locally with, I'm not in a lot of groups. I'm not in like Rotary or, or any BNIs or any of that anymore. We're just to ourselves. Like I like to crush it when I'm at the office and I like to shut it off a hundred when I'm home. And like, that is not that easy to do. That's taken time. I can't do it every day. I mean, some days stuff just bothers me, but um, I, I will say like, growing you can grow a business without like killing yourself seven days a week like and that's where everything that i think this podcast we've talked about has been about efficiency and just doing things for the right reasons and um i don't talk to like i said i don't network with a lot of people unless you're in my close circle like you guys are and stuff but that is one thing like a lot of people i just talked to a guy today who used to be a, a supervisor at, at a place that we we do business with and uh, he's moved jobs. We detailed some trucks for the, that company today. And he's like, uh, it's amazing to see just a couple of years later, you, you know, started with a dump trailer. Now you have these trucks and these couple of businesses and stuff, but you never changed. And that's like me, like, that's one thing, like, just stay you. I don't think it matters how much money I make. I, I always want to just be me. And like, I want to prove to people, one of my missions long-term is to teach other people how to run a business, whether it's six or seven figures and pay yourself whatever you want, uh, and do it with a good home life. Um, I was just in a trip in Wyoming. I was just out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming for five days, backcountry snowmobiling with three of my buddies. Those three were all in their forties. Most of them were on their cell phones, taking care of business shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're on vacation. Like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, um, I just feel very blessed to, to, have access everybody has access to it but to know about the information that you guys have told me and i've sought out on my own and i think educating yourself whether you're 18 or 81 um on what you want is very very important because 
sometimes my wife thinks I'm nuts with how much business stuff I listen to, but I do it so I don't over get over greedy, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a level too. Like I listen to majority of the books I read, majority of the things I listen to are business. They're real estate or business relation or efficiency or whatever, whatever the idea or thought or thing I want to focus on at the time is. But, um, you know, I very rarely read, I, I'm trying to read more fiction books just to shut it off a little bit. But, you know, same thing with podcasts. I'm, I've stopped really, like I love Joe Rogan's podcast. I've listened less to him in the last year because I've sp- spent more of that time listening to audiobooks. Um, and those are like little habits I've changed. Like I still listen to, you know, a handful of his um, podcasts. I probably listen to one or two a month of his, but, you know, for the amount that I listen, probably 80% is now books. Um, and I, I think one of the things I keep coming back to, and you, you just mentioned it, is like the idea that I want to be able to crush business, but I also want to be able to like relax, recover, refresh, have free time. You know, my weekend, it's not uncommon for me to get home on Friday night and leave the house Monday morning and love it. I mean, yes, you might, you got some stuff for the weekend, family stuff, you know, do that. But I'm saying like, I mean, there's a couple, there's some day or sometimes during the year, I'm not joking. Like I might actually go to my house on Friday and not physically leave my house until Monday. You're with the kids, you know, if I don't have to go run out and do errands, you're just hanging around the house and we have everything. Like I'm totally content with just chilling at the house, watching movies with the kids, playing games with the, doing whatever. Um, but people don't see that. So like I, I try to do that hundred percent off. Now, granted, it's like everything else. Like my business doesn't just like stop because I want to stop, but I'm, I'm pretty good about not doing a whole lot. Like I pause my inbox, um, on weekends, I'll pause it for the full day. I'll check it one day, like one time a day. I'll check my email and it's usually not even cause I have to, it's because I want to, it's cause like I'm doing something and then they send me a code that they have to go refresh. You know, it's like one of those things. So I, I go most of it, I just let, like either delete it or if anything I has to answer, I push it off till Monday. So I've gotten really good at just like blocking off my weekend to try to read, try to do some house projects. But I typically find that I really look forward to Friday or Mon- or I really look forward to like Friday evening. And then I also really look forward to Monday morning and just different in different ways. Um, but I think the efficiencies um, and then also trying to put things in perspective is better because I have gotten better at limiting my evenings and weekends working i have you know when i go on vacation like i'm leaving sunday on an extended vacation and you know kind of looking at like what's that going to look like and you know it's you're going to check stuff but it's you know you're already prepping your people that you're not going to be here you're already kind of like doing all the stuff you need to do and i'll probably check my email once a day and it's going to be kind of like a quick thing in the morning anything that needs to be taken care of do it push off to the people that need to most of it's just me punted and you know, you kind of end up going where like if you can have majority, like you said, if you went to Jackson hole and didn't really have to do anything business wise, like there's not, there's a hard, there's no price tag on that. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. It felt so cool to sit down. The four of us guys sat down on Wednesday afternoon. I said, guys, we're not going to push it from now till next Monday. I just want you guys to coast through, get done the cars, clean the garbage trucks, do the route, you know, because we've got a couple different business things going on now. Flawless. They did it all. They did everything I asked them to do. I was very clear with it. I didn't, I didn't like, I want you to hit a record while I'm gone. You know, I just said, just coast through. This is what we need to get done, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Monday. Um, I come back Tuesday morning and it's, it's picked right up and I, I have, in five years of running the business, as you know, 
I've never stepped away for more than three days. I've not once ever, like a lot, like a one extra day weekend. I've never been completely out of the state for five days. And this was the first time and it actually ran, you know, smooth. So, so when you, when you step, so let's say the three days before, before the five days, when you mm-hmm. stepped away for three days, were you, uh, no phone, no connection to the business or were you still like still on the phone? Yeah. yeah still doing stuff. I mean, I still have my phone. Like I have two phones now. So like there was the business phone for the, for the detailing was at the shop. Did I take a couple of calls or texts? Yeah, but it wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about it. When it was just me, it was hard to relax because I'm like, oh my God, if I get sick, oh my gosh, if I were to get hurt, God yeah. forbid I get hurt, it's all on me, 100%. Yeah, you don't have payroll, you don't have employee taxes and comp and all that, but it's all on you, so it completely stops. Mm-hmm. They were gone, revenue was generated, the business moved, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I was riding a snowmobile in the mountains of... Wyoming. So what I think, I think when you put, I think the benefit about, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship or doing like your own, your own company is you work, um, you're willing to work more hours than everybody, um, to get the leverage point. Um, but I think that like, I like the idea of you work hard and play hard. Like you just gotta, you know, whatever that is that you have to, I also feel have like there was times where like I would get like a vacation, but then I was like, I don't feel like, and this was years ago, this happened. I remember going on vacation. I'm like, I feel like I don't work hard enough to get like a really like, I feel like I earned the vacation. And then the past few years when I was just like going, 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 and I had a vacation, I'm like, yeah, I a hundred percent earned that vacation. And I'm going to complete, it's like, I'm going to completely embrace every moment of this because I just like, I busted my ass, like, and I need some time off. And I think that's something that I'm trying to get better at is like, I want to go, 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 go. And then I just want to shut things off. So like today, I mean, pretty much my day and your day after this is done for the most part, you know? And, and I think I might have a couple things to check really quickly, but my goal is to kind of check some stuff. Okay. We're good. Pause my email till tomorrow. Put my phone in airplane mode. Just kind of just check out you know, kind of come back to the surface probably tomorrow late morning. Um, and I, I try to do most of my hard thinking work between like nine and noon and then maybe one o'clock and then try to do like my appointments and stuff in the afternoon. So it's like on business and then in business. And, um, but I'll tell you, typically if I can get all my stuff done by like noon, one o'clock, my brain is pretty much fried, but I'm great because I hit like my one thing for the day. And I'm like, you know what? And that one thing, um, I'm going to go on a quick, I'm going to show you this actually. So this is my tangent point thing on, we'll take off the focusing funnel. But so when I go down through when I talked about like, this is my one thing, like we've talked about like long-term goals, like personal five-year, one-year personal and professional and one thing. So like, these are my one, these are all my things I want to do this year. Now, obviously a lot of them are high level. I probably won't hit a lot of these. The idea is I'm trying to, um, I'm basically trying to put things that I know I can accomplish if I have the right habits and, and things in place. Then I go down through, and if anybody's asking, this is the one thing. Um, it's a book. It's also it's called the 411. There's some things that go with it. But I found this, to me, is the best thing that I can do to keep everything on track. So every um, Sunday, beginning of the month, I go through and I break down these top goals into like, what's my biggest priorities on both of these? And my goal is like, obviously to get through all of them. Chances are I'm not going to get, 
I might be able to get through all of them, but even if I don't, I chip away at quite a bit that things are just getting done. Then every Sunday morning, I break down all this. So this usually is full, five here, five here, and I try to get down through everything. And you can see like most of these are pretty much almost done or going to be completed. But my main, this right here is that main thing I look at. So the, the uh, Monday, I actually went through all of these that if you think about every single one of these, like all these things took time to build out. Like yep. these all took time to build out like hours and hours and hours. Um, well, we did all that. So now it's like I simplified everything down. Here's my game plan between now and June 1st. The main things I want to do in order when I want them done by. I took every single thing that I could find in any of these that had to do with um, these right here. Not this, mm -hmm. but these. And that's on this sheet. So then what happens is I go through and I like this thing is that's something I got to do this week. I just met with um, that person probably about a half hour before you showed up. I have yep. a couple things to tweak. That will be done. Cross off my list. I have two things to do before I go on vacation. Cross off my list. This thing is a couple things here I got to put there, which is not like a high priority, but, you know, whatever. These are big things. And again, you can see a lot of them that are already crossed off. So I was talking to Jen, like anything crossed off, I've already done. So you can see these are all crossed off. Like that's all going to be deleted. So it's kind of almost like a, an accordion. Like I've been able to take everything that I want to do and I keep squishing it down to the point that eventually it's going to be in, gone. I took care of all my major tasks. I then look what's my next biggest priority. I throw that up, rinse and repeat, do everything again. But you're not taking care of like emails. You're taking care of these big projects that either buy you back time or elevate or get you to another level and where you want to go. And this is something I've really embraced um, and I've been very active doing it. And then, and I know people can't see this. This is more for Heath. and But then I go through and I put in blue all the stuff that is one of those topics. So I like mean I'm going to do it. Now, the reason my calendar doesn't look blue right now is because I delete stuff after I complete them. Mm -hmm. So I just leave them there. So like Monday, or sorry, Sunday, here's like a couple things that I need to do. Well, I take that. Obviously, next week I'm on vacation. But I would go and like drop this somewhere where I know I'm going to be able to work on it. And that becomes that day. So I know that it's on my calendar and there's no reason to not get it done. So that's how my system works. And again, it's kind of like you try to figure out different things that work and and um, and as you can see, like family five to nine, and I'm pretty damn good about getting done at that time best I can, you know, and I think, um, like digital free day on Saturdays, I'm trying to implement this. It's difficult meaning like, cause we use our phones for so many things, but I'm really trying to get to the point where it's like very limited social media, very limited videos. Just it's, you know, if I got to check the weather, if I got to start my car, if I got to do stuff like that, I can use my phone, but I'm really trying to make that day where it's like, my phone is just not on me all the time. Yeah. So that's something that, and again, if you go back to here, like that's the thing I want to try this year is I really want to get 52 digital free days, which it, but it, it, you just work towards it. So it's like yeah. goals, but like if I can accomplish all this, this year, or even next year, my business looks completely different. And in this side, my life looks completely different than it is now. And really when you list it out and chip away at it, it's not that hard. It just, you got to be disciplined every day to do something towards it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I do something so, similar, not to this extent. This is very in depth, which is great. I wish they could see what we're looking at here. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I do the same thing. I, I should do it more on a personal level. Just in the back of my head, I, I just said it from the get-go. I told my wife, I, I worked Saturdays for so long. When I worked at the jail, I'd work overnight Saturday. I'd go in Saturday afternoon and not come home till Monday morning. Um, and after doing that for so long, that was just like a staple. I was like, no, unless it's like absolutely necessary. I think I worked one or two Saturdays for one hour last year, you know, well, um, and well, that, that's been great for me. And the same thing, my wife knows I wake up in the morning, I go to the gym, I go to the gym early most of the time, work all day, come home. But then just like your schedule, that, that five to eight thirty nine o'clock is our time, uh, every night. Well, like this right here. So I have, I have a couple showings on Saturday. Well, one is because I'm leaving on vacation the next day. Um, and two, both those clients are awesome people and I'm only going to be gone maybe, maybe four hours the entire time, if that, and that's my entire weekend right before leaving for vacation. So it's kind of like there's certain things you make sacrifices for, but that is, that actually is a very big outlier. Like if you go back through, like, well, I mean, if I went back through, it would probably be weeks and weeks or months and months before I use another Saturday appointment, because I've really tried to move stuff around to avoid those. Um, it's not a perfect thing because sometimes it, it does happen and you need to do it. But um, I also feel like kind of putting in like a schedule you want, this is way more structured than it's ever been, but I've had to, you know, like same thing with you is you get busier, you have to be more disciplined and more structured. You know, yeah, the you have, whole like Ed Milet thing, how he breaks down his days. Um, I don't know if it's three or four parts. I have to, I have to who's that? watch Ed Milet. I don't know him. Uh, Ed Milet is, um, he's a real, real big one. He's like as big as Gary V, uh, Andy Frisella's friend. They do Arte Syndicate. Yep. Yep. So that fella right there, um, he's got a, uh, like a schedule. I need to do more research into it. I heard it on one of his podcasts. He's got a, a big um, podcast and everything, but, uh, but he does like a, a scheduling of his days. Like he breaks down his, okay, how I get 21 days done in a week. So it's three breakdowns in a seven day week. Uh, and he, and he structures his, his days and then he has sleeping obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, and he works every day like that, you know, and it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I want to look into it more because that's something I want to adopt, uh, in the future. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. 4.50 to 11 AM. You know, he's got his morning routine, then he's got his midday routine, then he's got his evening routine and then he sleeps. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. See, I love this. What I found that, uh. Yeah. What, so what I've found with a lot of this stuff, what I keep coming back to with every productivity thing, it always comes back to you have to plan out and prioritize and then you have to focus on one thing like that. And that's why I like the one thing aspect. But and, and I want to, you know, I'll read and kind of check that out. I guarantee you, though, it's a mixture of prioritizing, working on big things that he only he can do, um, delegating, leveraging out other stuff. Um, focusing on one thing, but also focusing on it with zero distraction. So it's like, hey, I'm going to time block for two hours. My phone's off. I'm not being distracted. I'm working for two hours. Most people, if they say they work eight hours in a day, how many hours do they actually work? Nobody works eight hours out of eight hours. We're not robots. I think they said is that a human can really only focus at a very high level for about four hours. Four hours, yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of research talks about time blocking four hours for projects. Um, at the high end, and that's why for me, it's like, if I can get in around nine and work to about one and it's on one thing, I get done, I'm tired. I accomplished a ton. And then in my mind, everything else is fine because everything, if I want to, if something's reactive, meaning I have to return a call or someone walks in and 
interrupts what I'm doing. I'm not, my day's not thrown off because I got through that big chunk of time. It's like why people wake up early in the morning, go to the gym and do all their stuff then before people can bother them. It's because like, hey, I'm done, but eight o'clock in the morning, I can now do anything, but I've taken care of what I need to do in my life. Um, I got to get better at the morning part of it. But I, so if this guy broke it down, I would really like to have my five to eight be better. But my like nine to one after I drop the kids off the school is pretty damn good. Um, but it's like anything else. You just, you're trying to always get better. Um, but productivity, man, it is, uh, I like learning about it. It's fun. It's fun. And, uh, to me, it's like a, it's like a hobby around working. Like, how do I work better? How do I work smarter? Um, and not just like, how does our service be better? You know, Mm -hmm. we figured out for the most part, how to be reliable, how to have the pricing set, right? How to market, what equipment to use, like that stuff's all like, to me, it's all run of the mill. Now it's like, how fun can running the business be for everybody involved? Like how good of a company can we build? How productive, how much of a well-oiled machine can we make it? And then let's transfer that into my personal life. How, how good of a husband and a, and a dad can I be while running a successful business? Not just be like a successful business person. Cause to me, it's like 50, 50. Like if you can run a business, like to, to me, if you're like really uh, selfish and seven days a week and just a grind, 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 you're probably going to become wealthy or, or at least rich. You know, you might have a lot of cash flow coming in, whether you blow it all or not is up to you. But, um, to me, like success and wealth is, is balance of both. And some people say, Oh, you can have a balanced life and be successful. Oh, I think you can. I mean, what is success to you? Success might be, you know, $10 million a year just so you can blow it all on crazy stuff. To me, that, that means nothing. I mean, I, if my family likes me, our customers are happy with me and the people that work for me respect me, that, that to me is success. <laughs> I, I saw this, I don't know where I saw it. And I think I said it on a podcast, a couple podcasts ago, but they interviewed this guy and he was, I forgot what he did. He was successful. Like he was like a CEO or high up executive at some company um, and had a lot of money and like it, it, from the outside looking in, you'd be like, this guy materially has anything he wants. He's doing great. So, so they asked him like, Hey man, like what success? Like what, how do you define success? And he kind of paused and his answer was, um, success is the fact that all my kids come back to see me at Christmas or want to come to my house for Christmas. So it wasn't even had nothing to do with anything else. He's like, I'm like 70 years old. He goes, my kids still want to come visit me. Like and I think if you put it in perspective, same thing. When I'm 70, I could I could care less what I do today. I could care less what I did in my my. As long as I'm like comfortable in life, if you have your family and your friends, and like I have three kids, like if you say when I'm 70, all three kids are gonna hop on a plane and travel to come see me or whatever, and you know want to stay at my house when I'm older for Christmas, like which I would love, um, like that would be meaningful to me. And I think the more that I've added to my life, the same that you're doing now, it's like you add complexity. Like you get married, that's way different than being single. You add a kid, that's way different than not having a kid. And then you start adding business and employees and everything else. And I don't, people that don't have that don't understand it, but people that do understand it, that it's it's a lot going on all the time. Your mind never shuts off. But I do think there is certain people, which I think include you and I, were wired to always try to improve and get better every day and improvement you have to be out of your comfort zone and anything you add on to you makes you grow and a lot of it's out of your comfort zone there's things that i've done there's things i know that you've done where you're like i don't know this just seems scary at the moment and you're more than capable of figuring it out because you have the mindset to figure it out but i find that now like you said it's a game it's like okay like you said how can i be efficient 
on personal and business and like how can you have them work hand in hand and how can you play them? How can you have the energy to leave work but go home and not just be like completely miserable or just like, hey, I'm going to show up at home and just drink beer the whole night and escape my problems, which people do, you know, and it's like, how can you go home and still be energetic to, to hang out with your wife and kid and family and that kind of stuff? And um, it's a balancing act. It really is. And I think that's something that I've had a hard time um as I think anybody that has kids is like, you have to reprogram what you do, but you prioritize. So, um, like to me, prioritizing time spent with my kids is more important than time spent socially with my friends or going out or doing stuff like on the weekends. Like it's very tough to get me out of the house on the weekends. Cause I'm like, eh, I'm hanging out with the kids or I'm giving my, you know, I'm letting Gina go out and do something so I can hang out with the kids. And I think, um, but I want to do that, you know, and that's, um, but I think that's the idea is like I've prioritized that in my life and I punted a lot of other things. So it's really like work and family. And if I can wake up at five in the morning and play golf, then that's when I do it. But it, it's because you do need some of that too. But you, like, like again, anything, I don't want to tee off at five. I'd rather tee off at nine, but I know that cuts into work. And then I know that would cut in the family. So I don't do it. So I instead I go to bed early and I wake up early to go play golf because um, I like playing golf. Like that's, and I think that's the kind of, you make sacrifices, but you make, it's not really a sacrifice if you, put it in the right priority. Yeah. I think sometimes when you do sacrifice is a good word, but you're so much more fulfilled with the results of your lifestyle. When you're clear on why you're sacrificing that can go for business or for personal, but I just, I, I, I know now my goal year over year over year is to become more clear in what I want. I have had a hard time the last couple of years knowing what I want. Do I want a big business? Do I want a little business? Some days I want it. Some days I don't want it. Do I want to ride dirt bikes? Do I not want to ride dirt bike? You know, mm-hmm. and I just, if we can leave this with one parting thought is to go on record and say that my goal is to just continuously figure out what I want and work towards it because shiny object syndrome has got me in trouble a few times and uh not that we're going to go down the rabbit hole of that the boys are coming over the white claws are coming out but uh <laughs> jared's secret toy yeah. um but yeah just really you know what i want to do at least selfishly is become more clear on on where where we're headed and, and as a family um what my wife and I, you know, would like to accomplish and, and for Liam and if we have another child, uh, the kind of lifestyle we all want to live together, you know? Yeah. No, I think, I think my priorities have changed and I think kind of the same. You have a kid, um, things get different. And I think if you really ask me right now, like I want to be able to have like a sustainable business that's fun, but I also want to support a lifestyle where if I want to go do something or if I want to have a freedom to go do something, I want time and financial freedom. I want two things that I can just... I don't have to stress about anything. I don't have to stress about problems. Like you said, anything we fix with time and money. I want to have, I want to be, be able to have an excess of both. Um, not because I want to go buy a yacht, but I want to have, I don't want to have the problems because I don't want those problems to affect family time or I don't want those problems of money to affect my, my time freedom and vice versa. So I think that's ultimately what I'm trying to get to, but I'm trying to get there in a way that I think is fun for me. Um, and doesn't burn me out and doesn't cause me to either get a divorce, have my kids hate me. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's really at the end of the day. Um, so I think we're in the same boat, but it took five years ago. I wasn't, I want, I want to say I wasn't saying that I didn't have kids to say it, you know, like my, my priorities were different because of my life was different. I didn't have these things and you, you start throwing in these big life changing moments and then you realize like, 
oh yeah, like I, I used to prioritize that. Now that's being pushed out. Now this is definitely one and this is one and this or two and whatever. And, um, and I'm sure something will come in in time where I'm like, why am I stressing about this? Like, let's take Adirondack Express. Like maybe that at some point makes LCS not as much of a priority, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would say even like right now, as you're trying to get off the ground, like it might have shifted some of your priority, maybe, you know, out of balance in the favor of that because you have to, but you're still involved, but then eventually you can step back and then they're both running and you might transition to have a third business. And yep, it definitely has. I mean, I will say that I have barely focused on LCS. I mean, other than basic day-to-day fires, I need to put out just a little stuff, but I haven't really focused on it in about two months, you know? Um, and, and it's, I, I don't want to say it's like running itself, but it's, it's at a sustainable point where I can put a lot less hours in and it still sustains. And, and like the customers will call for the services because we have that five year reputation now mm-hmm. where 80k express, we have a two month reputation. I had to, you know, go, be, go knock on some doors, get set up with vendors for a product uh, to clean the cars and stuff. And, and it is, it is funny to, to sit back and be like, wow, like I could have just stayed worrying about LCS all the time. But now that I have this other income stream that I'm not taking any living income from, I can help grow it faster. And then maybe that and LCS can work together to then leapfrog LCS again, you know? So it's like, it's kind of cool. Well, I think, uh, I think the cool thing too, is when you take like you said, you're putting a focus on that, which is like your priority and you're growing that. Um, you know, L- the thing with LCS is like you've gotten to the point where you could leverage that, you know, and, and that even though you don't f- 100% focus on it, you got to, your energy has still gone somewhere. So like your, you know, your energy now going to Adirondack, you know, Express is eventually, like I said, you're, you're still putting the same necessary effort in, in different locations. Um, but I think you're, like I said, the prioritization aspect of it, that's what comes into play. It's like you pr- just prioritize because you have to, it's a season of your business. And now it requires a little bit more input for the output or for what you're, what you're going to get. But I think, um, but again, that's knowing what you want to do, you, you know, too. And I think, um, you know, getting to a point where something is running that's self-sufficient, that's ultimately what you want to do. It's you're, you're building something. Um, I think one of the things I, I, Red, I forgot where I saw this, but it said like, if you do the work, you have a job. If we do the work, you have a job. If they do the work, you have a business. And I think that you could arguably say that you're really close to that weed to them doing it. Yep. Um, and, uh, but the hard part is you said it before, like you're still one person away from doing the job, the work yourself. And that in the same boat, like I'm not far enough removed from the, from the, the, you know, the small tasks that I used to do. Um, you know, you try to leverage out to focus on bigger picture things and things that have a greater impact, but you also have to realize that things have to be in place so you don't get sucked back down into stuff. And that's, it's a balancing act too, because like I said, you're dealing with people and you're dealing with people's, you know, people are complex. So they have stuff that, you know, that comes with them and that you don't have full control over. And it's like, you gotta, you're constantly, it's part of that machine and that, that puzzle piece that you're trying to work through. And, uh, you know, it's not easy, but I also think that we would hate, our, I'd say work lives, we would hate our work lives if every day we got up and we didn't have those problems to try to figure out. Yeah. I mean, it goes back also to like the stoicism that we said in the beginning and halfway through this thing is it's like the problem is not that bad. I mean, it's really not. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, 
family first. The business is, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts is real. I mean, that is probably going to take you out a lot faster than one freaking knockout, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's where every problem, if someone calls in, if a customer doesn't get picked up now, if like, you know, a, a car, you missed a spot, like, it's like, okay, it's probably, as long as you fix it now, it's probably going to be forgotten about tomorrow. And it is. Yeah. And then something else comes up. So no, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely very true though. Um, just the whole thing about the stoicism. I got to learn, I got to read some more Ryan holiday and, and listen to more of him because, uh, I used to have a really hot head. I've tried to calm down a lot. You're, you've matured. I've yeah. matured a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I was a little gunslinger back, uh, back I, in the day. I think if you, uh, this is the last thing I'll leave you with, but if you do, um, daily dad, daily dad, sign up. Yep. Goes to you. Um, I mean, it's, it's, pretty easy literally every single day i mean and it goes to your email so it's not like this isn't like uh this isn't like something that i'm trying to think if it says articles i'm wondering if they just like show you what comes up and what it might look like like that's they're not that long like i'm not joking these are they take you maybe a minute to read through um but they're profound and he takes works of stoics or people in history and good, bad, or whatever. And some of it's very simple. Some of it's like, um, I'm kind of, of course I blink on one of the ideas, but like it, it, there was one that I think it was this girl, like couldn't get into Stanford. And she was like, Oh my God, I can't get in. Like I'm such a loser. And dad was like, eh, whatever. And, and at the time she was pissed at him, but then she realized like, Oh, basically what he was saying is he wasn't wrapping up her worth in the fact that someone just didn't let her into college. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is a bullshit way to, to, to try to, um, judge yourself. So there's a lot of like little simple things that you just realize too, like, Oh, okay. I don't need to do something crazy. Like one of the perfect example, and I've used this on my own children. They said, instead of like the kids get in the car, you pick them up from school. And, uh, obviously your son's too young to have this yet, but as they get older, like you pick them up and first thing you want to say is like, how was your day? And they're just like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it. And you're like, okay, that must be like the default. But he said, think about it. These young people, they've been, you know, with teachers, with other kids, high stimulus the entire day. Now they get into the car and they're just chilling. Like all they want to do is just relax, have a snack. Same thing we would do after a day, that, like a hard day. And then he goes at the end of the day, if you're like putting them to bed, instead of saying like, well, how was your day like? And like, well, you know, and they, they give you whatever and they might say good. He goes, ask them, um, who did you help today? And it's a, it's a simple twist, but who'd you help? And I remember asking my son that the first time. I was like, I said, hey, buddy. I said, who, who'd you help out today? And he's like, um... Actually, I helped uh, so-and-so. Um, there was – he had this toy, and he was just talking about helping him do this toy. I'm like, oh. I said, was did, was he happy? He goes, yeah, he was happy because he couldn't do it, but I could do it. And I you know, I showed him, and, and like just – he just went off on a tangent. But the whole idea was you know, you're trying to instill like who would you help today? It's like instill – not like did you enjoy your day today, which is fine, but like who would you help today? You're almost instilling like these good things that they can do. So now it's like, hey, who would you help today? Who would you help today? And then he's like – you know, I should help people out, you know, and they kind of wow. just, it's, but it's like a simple tweak. And like, I've got that from daily dad. And it's like, you'd be like, well, that's not that like, okay, that's kind of cool or whatever. But if you think about this, like every day you're getting these things that are good. Yeah. That's so, awesome, man. I but, like it. But that's something, um, daily dad, I'm a big fan of it. So Google it. Um, Heath, we're going to wrap it up. Any, uh, any 
I guess, upcoming plans or if people want to check out either LCS or Adirondack Express, how can they find you? Yeah, they can find us on Facebook uh, at, you know, both the business names, Lake Champlain Sanitation and Adirondack Express Detailing. Both have businesses as well. They got their Google My Businesses up if you guys want to check those out. And uh, Instagram for Lake Champlain Sanitation, not doing too much on the car thing yet, but... No, just uh, going to try to get busier in spring. We normally pick up spring, summer, falls, our busy season. This is our little bit slower season. So looking forward to a, uh, a good 2023. Love it. All right. And uh, again, um, not. I, I feel like it was okay, the studio. Love it. Yeah. I mean, the sound, I'm, I'm listening to the sound. Actually, I was talking to you. Like it actually feels, the vibe I was trying to pull off in this, actually, I like it right now. So I'm actually happy. I've just been, I've been kind of like just looking at small things as we've been talking, but I think overall I'm, I'm okay for trial run number one. A hundred percent, man. This is like a dream come true for you because I remember the beginning and, uh, this is sick to have your own room. And, uh, Actually, it's just, you got to take a cool picture of that recording, uh, red light outside. Oh, we do. Yeah. But the, but the thing is the first time we did it, uh, the first time you came on the podcast was right when I moved into my last space and it was like a bomb went off yeah. and you were like jammed <laughs> up on the other side. It was, you probably experienced the most like trashiest studio i've ever have in the best studio i've ever had so you've seen the extreme so <laughs> i feel honored <laughs> that's it that's it so um that's it episode 219 galen trombley show with heath andre we're out thank you for listening to the galen trombley show be sure to subscribe review and share the episode you can follow me on all social platforms at galen trombley thanks for listening